Welcome back to the H2P Podcast here on DK Sports Radio. I'm your host, Chris Carter. And of course, we're talking things pit football today on this Thursday. Last week, we had a great episode with Doran Dickerson. Go check that out if you haven't already. But this week, you know, we're getting you ready for the spring game. Where if you haven't heard the details on that, and it's understandable, there's a lot going on. But, you know, the spring game's been pushed back a week to April 24th because the team had a week off from practices due to COVID. So now Pitt is still getting in the, the necessary spring practices and Arduzzi wanted and seeing a lot of those camp battles play out a little bit more. So that's been really cool for, for Pitt so far. But one of the main positions you're going to be looking at those battles involves the running game, both at running back and in the offensive line. Now, Pat Narduzzi did say it. There is a three-way battle at offensive tackle between uh, Gabe Hoy, Carter Warren, and Matt Gonsalves. And that could play a huge role into how this team plays out. But one thing's for sure, Owen Drexel is the center of the future for the Pitt Panthers. And a lot of people are talking this up. They're even calling him the second Jimmy Morrissey. And if you know Jimmy Morrissey, that's pretty high regards for Owen Drexel for being a leader and a heck of a center. So, all that being said, what do what does Pitt need to show for this run game to improve? Now, I think it's important to note that in Pitt's games this year, remember they went six and five, you know, you know, kind of a you know whatever season, but they started off the season three and zero, came out the gates on fire, and in each of those three wins, they ran for more than 125 yards. 125. Then they went on a four-game losing streak. We're not knowing one of those times they rushed for over 100 yards. Now, in the first two games against North Carolina State and Boston College, where they lost by a single point in both games, they ran for over 90 yards. The running game was at least there, even though it averaged 2.5 yards per carry in both games. But in the games where they didn't stand a chance, Miami, Florida, they ran for 22 yards. Lost by 12, and that was a very that was a very uh, polite 12 that they got at the end of that game. Notre Dame, when they got blown out by 42 points, they rushed for 44 yards. And then Clemson, with it was which would be their their uh, their next loss of the season, they rushed for 20. They rushed for 16 yards, averaging 0.7 yards per carry. But again, in those late season wins, when they flipped their season back around, because it was looking traumatic halfway through the season well three quarters of the way through the season with after that four game losing streak their last three their last three wins all three wins they rushed for over 140 yards at least in the final game of the season georgia tech they rushed for three over 300 yards so to me it's pretty clear if you want to win for Pitt next year you gotta get this running game in order looking at you mark whipple now, Dave Borbley's a heck of an offensive line coach, as many people can attest to. He seems to get get his groups to be at least be together, but they need guys to step up. Now, Owen Drexel looks like he's he's ready for it. I think Matt Gonsalves will find a place anywhere to be ready for it because he showed he could play offensive tackle and guard. 
And that's not easy. But I think that's why they're trying to put him at one of the tackle positions because they know how good he can be. And he's super young. So if you get a if you get a concrete offensive tackle in him, you'll probably have him for four years. But then you go inside and you say, okay, you got a, you got a transfer guy, Marcus Minor. You got Gabe Hoy at the other guard position. Who's going to be fighting it out for the, for those positions? All that's very important because they need to give this offensive line in order to pave the way for these running backs. And again, you look at, I mean, they they legit averaged less than a yard per carry against Miami. Now, granted, it's a little unfair to look at Miami and Notre Dame because Kenny Pickett didn't play those games. Joey Yellen did, and it was just, it was really bad. And when he came back against Florida State, there was a little bit of balance to the offense. And even though everyone's excited for Kenny Pickett to be back and Jordan Addison to light it up at wide receiver and Taysier Mack is having a great spring training and all, all, all those type of things, the running game got to be there. And a big part of that running game is getting this offensive line in order. We talked to Jake Cradle yesterday, or today, excuse me, Thursday. And he's talking about how they're putting things together and how spring practice has been a big help for them kind of getting their feet on, on the same point, because one thing I think people underestimate about offensive lines, or at least the importance of how to get an offensive line together, is timing and footwork. And in the timing and the footwork, there's a ton of work that has to be done on the field, next to each other, doing the drills, making sure you're firing off on the same foot. You come out your stances. If it's a, if it's a run to the right, you're stepping with your right re, with a right lead with a right lead step. If it's run it's a, if it's a wide run to the right, it's a right reach step, and you all got to make sure you're stepping at the same exact time. The best offensive lines, it's like synchronized swimming. You come off on the you come off firing off on the same time, and and, and not slow. You're coming you're practicing it slow so you can get the timing together. But you want to be firing off fast, hard, aggressive with your feet. And everyone moving in unison. And even if someone's doing something else, like if you have a pulling guard, you want it all to be synchronized. And when you do that, you have a better chance to disrupt the defense and open up the holes to give your running backs the lane. Now, Jimmy Morrissey was a big leader for the team to help get the offensive line together. So, it's a great sign that they're saying Owen Drexel is, is becoming the new Jimmy Morrissey because they need that leader. And if they don't get that leader back on the offensive line, it's going to be a hard time. And remember, last year they couldn't do this in spring in the spring practices because there was no spring practices. They had to talk about things and theorize and work on whiteboards and Zoom because everyone was quarantining during the pandemic. That has an impact on things. That's absolutely part of what the challenge is for the for this spring practice for these spring practices and for the blue and gold game you want to see this offensive line hitting and i asked when i asked uh uh jake cradle about that about what it's like to get back hitting again he said oh i loved it <laughs> like he's he he was he was relieved to be able to hit and i know some people are out there like well, well wait a minute we, you know the hitting and concussions and the danger listen i'm not saying nobody's out here cracking skulls but there is a sense that you got to use your pads the right way. And if you, and what's the one thing's crazy is if you block the right way in the offensive line, you're you're going to be healthy. You're going to be fine. Use your hands. Get out of your stance the right way. Keep your head up. That's one of the biggest cardinal sins in all of football. 
the late Bill McClendon, my line coach, a West Virginia guy that, uh, that taught at Taylor Alderdice. He made us, if, if there was, if you ever put your head down on a blocking drill, he would make you run like two laps and say, I'm not co- going to coach a vegetable. But I look at this pit team and the guys that are on the roster. I look at the film from last year and there's pieces there. Like it, it, these guys, it's not that these guys aren't capable of doing these things. It's that they just needed to find consistency. And consistency only comes with timing and work and continuing to work at that position. Precision. Now, maybe they figure it out this year. And if they do, I really think it puts this team in a whole nother light. Because it's going to be tough to ask the defense to be a superstar defense, right? Because they, they lost a lot of players. And I know that. You know, Pat Narduzzi is excited for like the Deslin Alexanders, for the Savassier Dennises, uh, for Wendell Davis, who's back in the mix, for Rashad Battle and AJ Woods and Marquise Williams and all the guys that are that are coming into the mix on the defense. But we got to be realistic. It's going to be tough to ask for a Patrick Jones and a Rashad Weaver and a Demar Hamlin and all the guys they lost last year to just be replaced and you have similar guys playing. There'll be new guys that find new ways to contribute and that'll be exciting to watch. But to make up for that, you're going to need a more consistent offense. And that's going to mean putting points on the board and building longer drives to sustain yourselves throughout a game and keep that defense fresh. But of course, it's not just the linemen that make the running game. It's also the running backs. We'll talk about what the running back situation is for Pitt right after this. podcast here on DK Sports Radio. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Let's keep talking about this pit football running game. Now, I just spent a whole bunch of time talking about the linemen that they got to improve, but we also got to talk about the running backs. And Narduzzi has pretty much made it clear who leads that room. And I think it's very fair to say this because of how last year played out. But the number one running back for Pitt is Vincent Davis. Last year, he took 143 carries for 632 yards, six touchdowns. Um, Also caught 24 passes for 154 yards and another touchdown. Um, The next closest running back was A.J. Davis with 266 yards, and then no other player rushed for even 100 yards on the entire season. Now, the thing about Pitt's running back situation is Vincent Davis is I think he does very well when he's given the lane. When he gets that second gear, he's fine. He's fast. He'll capitalize on the lanes that are there, and he'll make you pay. But he's not, you know, the Tony Dorsett, right? Like he's not the superstar that everyone's going to be like, wow. He's, you know, Pitts had a lot of amazing running backs: Curtis Martin, uh, Tony Dorsett, uh, LaShawn McCoy. You know, even people like Kevin Barlow. You know, guys that, you know, I'm throwing in the Kevin Barlow. That shameless plug by me. It's another City League guy. If you don't like it, sue me. Um, but Curtis Martin, Kevin Barlow for life. City League all day. Uh, but when I look at 
when I, when I, when I look at this this run, the running back room, there's guys that they hope turn into certain players. You know, Vincent Davis, he's stepped up as a leader. Now, granted, Pat Narduzzi noted he fumbled on uh, you know earlier this week. I think it was on two the Tuesday practice. He said he fumbled. He didn't like that, but he still feels like he's the definitive starter. And last year, I mean, he balled out in that Georgia Tech game, man. And when he had the lanes, he did capitalize. Pitt just doesn't have the running back right now who's going to create on his own even when the even when the linemen aren't doing their thing. But that's fine right now for Pitt. If this offensive line comes together, they got a shot with some of these guys. And they've got other guys behind Vincent Davis who I think are going to be interesting. Remember, they got a freshman, Malik Newton from Virginia. He's supposed to be an upstart. We'll see how he plays out when he gets in with the system. But A.J. Davis came back for another year with Pitt. That's pretty cool. I think just having a veteran presence there just to kind of back things up. If uh, Say you get a rough game where, you know, guys are fumbling or guys get hurt and, you, you know, hey, A.J. knows what this is about. Throw him in there. But some of the younger guys that Pitt's been looking at, Daniel Carter, he's gonna, he's, they, they want him to be a bruiser. And, and Pat Narduzzi said he's done a better job. Israel Abanaconda, or Izzy as everyone calls him. Everything that I've understood about this guy is that he has the combination to be the, the strong guy and the fast guy at running back and then maybe he'll get there but like a lot of young players in college you gotta go through that growing phase you have to be able to challenge yourself and say even though I feel I'm good even though I think I could be a superstar right now if I, if I was given the opportunity to, to just get 50 carries a game or whatever I have to work to get better and I got to show that I'm better. I got to show up every day in practice and do really well. And I think that's where Izzy and Daniel Carter are figuring out. Todd Sibley's also in that mix as well. But I'm a little encouraged by Narduzzi to point out that they're pushing, they're pushing themselves and the fact that he's he sees progress in them, but Vincent Davis is holding on to the spot. I also like Vincent Davis' swagger. Because after that Georgia Tech win, he was talking about they was going to be lit on the plane and everything. And I know some people was like, oh, okay, young guy. But I was like, kind of like, okay, that that was that was funny to see. And not that Pitt's going to get 300 yards against every opponent they play next year. But I think it's important that they ended on a high note to give themselves a sense like, okay, this is what we can get to. This is what Coach Dave Borley can, can When they're sitting in the film room after a practice that they didn't like or that they did like, they say, look, guys, even if you had a great day today, it's about having a great day every day when you step on the practice field so that you can have all the great days on on Heinz Field and when we go on the road. If 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 they can start to do that consistently for the offensive line, the same thing's going to start coming from the running backs and understanding how to run behind guys. Oh, and by the way, don't forget Kenny Pickett's a bit of a runner himself. He led the team with eight rushing touchdowns last year. So he'll be in play as well. Granted, I'm pretty sure Pitt's going to be, Pat Narduzzi's going to be like, Kenny, don't get me, don't get Kid out there, man. Because Pat Narduzzi did make it clear. He's like, listen, if Kenny Pickett didn't come back this year, we were going to be under the gun with uh, with our backup quarterback situation because Joey Yellen and Davis Bevel ain't there yet. Now, he said part of, part of the spring game is getting these guys in live situations where they're getting hit and seeing how they respond. And who becomes your warrior that you know is going that you're going to entrust your offense into the way that you entrust Kenny Pickett, and let them carry you forward. And what better way to hand off 
to that warrior next year when you can't have Kenny Pickett because he will ultimately be gone next year, no question, than to have a strong running game to be paired with in the first place. It's funny how both the Steelers and Pitt are in the similar situation with their offenses. Now, granted, Steelers much more constructed than Pitt's offense, but they both have quarterbacks who are on the last legs of their part of the of, of their careers whether it's Kenny Pickett being his last el- year of eligibility for Pitt or Ben Roethlisberger we know he's getting ready to hang it up in the next couple years and you got a team with a bunch of young running backs who none of them you're set it on yet and an offensive line that has some interesting prospects but isn't all together I think it's kind of funny, and then the fact that they work out in the same facility, you know, coincidences work out like that crazy. Like, like you know how in the first like three games, three games of the season, Pitt and the Steelers were matching each other sack for sack for like the first month, and that was really freaky. But part of this is going to be seeing can those running backs step up, not just for this year, but to be leaders on the team. It, it, you know, if it's if even if it's just Vincent Davis. So that next year when Kenny Pickett's gone, he's you know the offense can look to him and say, hey, we're gonna we're, we're gonna be fine. And if it's Davis Bevel, if it's Joey Yellen, if it's a new guy that we don't even know right now, running running the quarterback, he knows behind, he knows next to him in the sidecar in a shotgun, or behind him in the I formation when they're lining up, Vincent Davis has got his back, and he's and he's a leader on the team. And who knows? Maybe it's not Vincent Davis. Maybe it will be Izzy. Maybe it will be Daniel Carter. Maybe it will be Todd Sibley. Who knows? But that's what's going to be really interesting to watch in this spring game. Not just for highlight plays, but for tough moments. Who fights for the extra yards? Who looks confident as they approach different running schemes? You know, who understands that when you're running the trap, you got to let your trap man get to his spot before you run into the hole? Because sometimes that happens. I've seen discoordinated dis- teams. I'm not sure if discoordinated is, un- is, is the right word. Uncoordinated. <laughs> Chris is making up new turns in English. But I've seen uncoordinated teams where running backs have run too early and the pulling guard who was supposed to cut off a guy runs into the running back and then it's just a disaster and that's how you get you know plays like the butt fumble from the Jets. But you want to see the guys that are making it so that that's not even a thought in their head. That they're so smooth with what the offense is doing in the ground game that you don't even think that's a possibility. And, I mean, I'm not saying Vincent Davis is in trouble of doing that. I'm not saying that he's, you know, on the bottom end of that. But I'm saying that that's how you show up and be a leader leader is by being consistent all the time. And Pat Narduzzi did say Vince was stepping up in that way. So there's, there's hope for that. And I think that that's another thing that's going to help him even if, Israel Abaniconda or Izzy can can step up and figure out how to figure his, his athleticism out more. It's going to be about can he step up as a leader? Can he find ways to you you know you know show up in the right moments in the locker room, push his teammates, um, you know to to be better. That's what's gonna that's what's gonna come down to. And again, if Pitt can do this, I think they got a shot next year at really making a serious push. Now, granted, I, we, it's still a long way. You got to see what the defense does, and there's a lot of pieces there that you know we'll, we'll be we'll be waiting to see. But I really think there's a shot that they they'd have some decent wins here, and we'll go over this in the very near future with 
how their schedule will work out, but there, there's some winnable games here. We'll talk about that on a future episode of the H2P Podcast, but thank you so much for listening to the H2P Podcast here on DK Sports Radio. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Follow me on Twitter at Carter Critiques. Subscribe to the show on DK Sports Radio um, and rate us five stars and give us a positive comment. We appreciate you. Stay tuned. We got a lot of DK Daily shots to wind up the week after the Penguins and Pirates games on Thursday night. <laughs>